the marketing podcast from Said Business School, Oxford University, and Kantar, the data insights and consulting company. In each episode, we speak to industry leaders about the big issues in marketing, sharing evidence and inspiration for the future. I'm Jane Osler, Global Head of Media, Insights Division of Kantar. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. I'm Felipe Tomas, professor of marketing at Said Business School. Our guest today is Andy Pang. Andy's the Head of International Marketing Science at Snap Inc. We've worked with Andy for quite a few years now, and there are lots of very interesting things going on with Snap that we want to talk to him about. So first of all, Andy, welcome. Hi, Jane. How have things been going this year? Because there was quite a lot of Kantar research, our COVID-19 barometer, that showed the massive increases in usage of social networks during lockdown periods this year. So what have you observed from your point of view about Snapchat users? What have they been up to? Yeah, that's a great question, actually, Jane. I think there's been a lot of activity amongst our community. We've certainly seen a lot of growth in terms of users. And one of the metrics that we typically use is a metric called daily active use. User and a DAU for us is someone that's used the platform within a 24-hour period. So that's definitely shot up actually over the last few quarters across what has been, I suppose, a really extraordinary year. So just looking at some of the numbers that we've talked about, you know, what we've seen is communication with friends has really been increasing over by about 30%. So in the last week of March 2020, when I think in a lot of markets in Western Europe, we were seeing certainly a lot of restrictions in terms of people's whereabouts and movements and stuff. We've seen a lot of growth in terms of people using our platform. So communicating, staying in touch with friends has really accelerated over that period of time. And really with more than 50% in some of the geographies that were most impacted as well. So there's been as I say, a lot of growth in our platform. One of the things actually in the recent reports that we gave out a couple of weeks ago in mid-October was really to reflect the progress of us as a business in Q3 of 2020. What we've seen is our community globally now stands at 249 million, which actually as a year-on-year figure has grown by about 18%. And across the course of 2020, that's grown by about 20 million. So if you're thinking about how our community, our users are behaving over the last few months, what we've seen is just a huge amount of growth around communication. And obviously that's been a big part of their lives and a way to stay in touch and communicate with each other as well. It's interesting on one side to look at how users change and you know they change their behaviors when there's a new situation that they're facing. 
The other side of that coin is how the advertisers have changed and how they have learned. And especially for, for you and your company, when they're dealing with a new environment to deal with in advertising altogether, have they learned a whole lot? Have they changed and adapted to how they use the platform? I guess one thing that's key with a lot of tech platforms, a lot of communication devices, especially ones that are very digital as they tend to be now and and mobile enabled, is a huge, great swath of innovation in the platform, really. So one of the things that we've seen has been utilized quite heavily is the use of lenses on our platform. And what I mean by lenses is this augmented reality kind of digital impact that it has on someone's camera so when you use snapchat and someone is pointing the camera at their face then what typically happens with a lens is that some kind of augmented reality gets impressed onto that image so brands have definitely taken advantage of this and we've obviously used it quite heavily as well on our platform so one iteration of that over the last two months is this anime lens which is a great way that individuals on our platform have used it and shared it amongst their friends so it actually turns any individual into a Japanese manga style comic or anime type of cartoon and that's had huge amount of pickup the community have really loved using things like that and when you delve into that area I think advertisers can also pick up on those types of technologies as well so AR for our brands and our advertisers has meant that they've been able to kind of take the fun from some of these consumer behaviors on our platform and utilize it for brand campaigns as well I guess one of the really key things that have happened with lockdown as well is a lot of retailers have found it really difficult obviously to get people into their physical locations and one of the key things when you're trying to sell a product I guess to an individual would be that they try on a product and this AR try on has been a really big success for us as a platform so the example here is makeup brands beauty brands have certainly found it difficult to get people to try on products in stores when lockdowns have been relieved a bit So Snapchat has basically created some kind of AR technology that allows potential customers to paint a color of uh, nail polish, for example, on their nails to really test a product before actually buying. So if you imagine retailers like they're literally removing all their tester products from stores because nowadays no one feels particularly comfortable with painting their nails, I guess, with a product that has maybe used by 20 different people over the same week or foundation on their face or lipstick on their lips but what AR has enabled a lot of advertisers to do is actually do that in an augmented reality manner and this has been really successful as I said we've had brands like L'Oreal and their sub-brand Essie take advantage of that in the UK we've had another brand Sally Hansen in the US also do a similar execution as well with six different colors of nail polish utilized in this try-on lens and the the really fun and I suppose cool thing about this as well we do have the ability to have advertisers and consumers go straight to the shopping basket and actually transact on our platform so the ability to do that really makes it a very seamless ad product an actual utility augmented reality that consumers like but also advertisers are really taking advantage of as well that's a really cool example and actually a, a bit near to our department at Oxford where we're partners with L'Oreal as well. And we see what a tremendous role that beauty tech has played in their digital strategy. When you look at your role as the Snapchat platform in that higher level of competition of you versus other platforms looking for those advertising opportunities, how do you see yourself fitting in in the amounts that you provide and serve and the role that you serve to an advertiser, considering that you're covering something from not just exposure, but to trial all the way to purchase? 
Yeah, I mean, I think there are platforms that offer that type of technology. Very much mobile commerce is a big thing now and, and taking over a lot of platforms in terms of their utility to, to customers and, and users on the platform. I think what we've done is is really try to innovate and one of the key growth areas in our business and, and an area, to be honest, that we've invested in over a long period of time is just our camera technology. The ability to recognize you know, the contrast of someone's hand in front of a camera and then being able to overlay colors on people's fingernails and then use obviously the lighting is a really big important part of how that gets rendered and gets reproduced and we've even taken it further for a lot of the luxury brands quite recently gucci did a a global initiative across maybe six seven different markets globally where an individual could basically point the camera again outwardly facing this time towards their feet and in that scenario they would have a pair of gucci trainers on their feet so Again, if you stand up and you walk around with the camera in your in your hand, you can see how, you know, the, the shoe looks in front of you in your own home. So, you know, it's just a really interesting idea where retailers are now battling with if someone tries on a product, they might have to leave it kind of in quarantine within the store for a few days. So obviously that really upsets the inventory, really upsets the display in store and everything like that. So, you know, this type of new technology is really being picked up by a lot of advertisers and we're seeing many examples across the world as well. This is really, I think, our strong suit, this ability to use AR technology to try on the product and then shoppable AR formats that actually convert into transactions is a really big thing for us. So the Gucci example, just to finish off on that very quickly, delivered a playtime of around 24 seconds. Now, playtime as a metric is essentially how long someone looks at a particular creative. So in the example of Gucci, was Gucci trainers. They will look at that for about 20 or 30 seconds through their camera. And then additionally, we were able to place some pixel technology on the e-commerce site within Gucci. And one of the things that they provided us with is an evaluation of whether that particular ad example generated a positive ROI for their marketing investment and they were satisfied that it did so not only were we kind of elevating the brand giving them something very gimmicky and interesting and fun to play with that was shareable but also the investment of that marketing activity was repaid through the number of shoes they sold as tracked through pixel technology this is something that we're really seeing as a a growing area for us and an area where we'll continue to invest We provided not only a virtual shop window for our clients, but also a virtual changing room and all of that really through the comfort of someone's own phone. So let's move on to talk about audiences and how they react and how they use Snapchat in particular. There was a recent piece of research that Kantar did with you, which was focusing on different generations. There were some particularly interesting findings, I think, about Generation Z and their use of, and their behaviour around video. I think Generation Z is defined in this instance as 13 to 24 year olds. So can you just tell us a little bit about the findings of that research, Andy? Yeah, of course. So the Gen Z video research that we did a bit earlier this year with Kantar, some really interesting and great findings from that, I think. You know, I actually have a couple of teens in my household and it always amazes me how rapidly they're tapping 
swiping, scrolling through content on their mobile phones. And quite often, I think, you know, is actually anything being absorbed? Is anything being remembered or processed? And if an advertiser is placing a lot of their investment in these platforms, does any of that message actually cut through given the speed at which content is being advanced? So in this research, we researched 2000 people across four different markets, so the US, UK, Canada, Australia. And through that research, looking at millennials, as, as you mentioned, 13 to 24 year olds, we could see that the younger audiences, when compared to older generations, the Gen Z respondents spent around 35% less time watching an average video on Snapchat. So if we produced a piece of content that they had to observe, their tendency was that they would tap and swipe through that piece of content 35 times quicker than an older audience, so a non-13 to 24-year-old. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply, if rated PG. However, what we also found that actually we're 13% more likely to be able to recall the advertising and the brand associated with that ad that they had just skipped through. So we're 13% more likely to be able to correctly recall that than their older counterparts. So this is just an, a really interesting thing that I think marketers have often had to struggle with. If a piece of ad creative was advanced very quickly, it didn't reach a certain threshold, it was almost perceived that that didn't actually have any impact. It wasn't recalled, it wasn't remembered. But actually in this controlled environment, across four different markets with 2,000 individuals running the same type of testing, we were able to see that actually even despite a reduced amount of time looking at an ad and watching an ad, the ability to recall the actual brand, the exact same brand, was actually heightened. So it was actually stronger. And as I say, this is held true across all four markets and really illustrates this generation's ability to process ads much quicker despite the shorter viewing time that they took. Now, that to me sounds like really good news for having a bit more ad inventory if I don't have to have uh, quite as long ads. But <laughs> what does that consumer then do? Like, so I have more recall. Do you have something beyond that? Any additional lessons beyond recollection to like association with the messages, maybe even as far as to brand loyalty and their ability to understand what they saw? Yes, yeah, certainly, again, through the research you found was obviously brands don't just seek ad recall. They also want to know whether marketing messages that have been painstakingly crafted will really break through, resonate and leave their audiences with the right messages. So essentially, will the ad, will the message be delivered and drive saliency and understanding in the way that it was intended? So the research actually showed that the Gen Z audience that we're looking at, despite their reduced viewing time, were actually 14% more likely to correctly attribute the campaign message to the advertiser when compared to older audiences. So 
you know, if there was a detailed message in some of that communication, again, despite the reduced messaging time, there was some additional impact in terms of an ability to recall what the message and the theme of the ad creative was looking to achieve. So it really seemed as though uh, younger audiences are really programmed to process all of this information much more quickly. Again, just growing up as a digital native with mobile devices being much more prevalent and used by audiences of, of very young ages now, but as an impact of that and the speed at which they can process this information, it also meant that they were able to see more ad elements and creatives and content in general in any given session. So yeah, this this was some really great research that I think will be very important for us as a business and really important for advertisers when it comes to understanding how the platform works for this particular age cohort. But not only that, it will give brands a lot of confidence in testing on Snapchat as a platform and really shape how they creatively tackle the platform. Because again, if we're seeing that the duration of exposure maybe is a bit faster, but nonetheless, the message is still going through, you know, that does lend itself to advisory, at least on how to make messages further up front in the creative, if it's uh, one that is extended and how branding should appear. So there's lots of kind of learnings that can be lent into ad creative as well. There's, there's another piece of research that Kantar's done called Media Reactions, which looked into media channels and also media brands in seven different global markets. And one of the things we asked consumers about was their feelings about advertising on those different channels and, and media brands. And we called it the first ad equity ranking. And in Snapchat features highly in many of those local rankings. And I was just wondering, what is it about the quality or the experience of advertising that Snapchat users like? When we've done research on users on our platform, so our community at large, very much the way that they engage with the advertising on our platform. I think one thing that is maybe different across the industry, but one thing that we've led with from the early days of Snapchat and when it started to monetize is the ability to advance and add. So in some ways, we want to not disrupt a user's natural behavior on the platform by inserting an ad that was you know, not possible to skip past. And that's really through learning of how they use the platform organically. So when a user is on the platform and looking at uh, the content on the platform, typically it's from friends. And when it's from friends, the ability to skip is is always there because you know we, they understand the message and the ability to move on to the next piece of content is always prevalent. So one thing that we've done with our advertising, really to mimic the user behavior and not disrupt it too heavily is the ability to skip forwards. Now that does obviously pose challenges with ad creatives. It really does, you know, sort of test and and really set a challenge to the creative community. And we have a team that's really close to understanding how our consumers really think about advertising, how they like advertising, so that we're always helping our advertisers inform on how they should best run creative on our platform. And it's very much a partnership. It's not purely one side. It's very much a relationship, but a lot of it is born from the research we do in terms of how different pieces of advertising, creative and campaigns cut through, which one's the most memorable. And obviously, I just spent a little bit of time talking about how the cognitive speed of our audience being younger is really an interesting concept that advertising creatives need to take into account on our platform. So really devising ad products on our platform that are 
native and therefore feel part of the organic and, and user experience is really key. The other area with our platform when it comes to interesting ad creative is the augmented reality lenses. So again, using creatives from brands to apply in a virtual way. So in our earlier days, we would have a lot of advertising from quick service restaurants like Burger King, McDonald's. And, you know, they would often put characters on individuals' faces, and that would be a key part of how they would associate fun imagery with their brand. And advertisers really enjoy that, and our community really enjoy that as well. So that's something that's been very prevalent. I think the last thing, just in terms of advertising that is seen as useful, is really ensuring that you're reaching the right audience. So relevancy is a really key thing from an advertising targeting point of view. And one thing that we've launched earlier this year internationally, so outside of the US, has been an ad type called DPA or Dynamic Product Ads. And what Dynamic Product Ads enables us to do or enables advertisers to do is to have a very clear understanding of what product inventory they have and upload catalogs to an interface that talks to our ad delivery system. So if you're someone like Adidas who has definitely taken advantage of this ad product and you're launching a new shoe range with a you know a huge suite of different trainers available, different styles and different genders, then the targeting really takes into account of what product is available, what products the advertiser is looking to push, regional availability. So all of this will allow for much more dynamic and streamed advertising that is very relevant to the individual. So depending on where that user is calling the ad, you may get a different set of trainers based on location, based on interests, based on uh, previous things that you may have expressed an interest on Snapchat as well. But not only that, through retargeting as well. So it's using all the digital techniques of advertising to the right person at the right time. And as I say, this is really nice for individuals, but it's also great for advertisers as well, because it really does optimize the selling process. For that specific new approach that you guys are bringing to market, you're taking into account all of the neat targeting bits that we can play with. So you mentioned geo-targeting, interest-based targeting as well, but you can layer on your ability to deliver against those interests with more speed because it's potentially something connected to your inventory system, something you know you can serve. Yeah, exactly that. There may be a particular line that needs more of a push, and that could be a decision that's made by the retailer or the advertiser themselves. But there's a lot more control in terms of what gets exposed and, you know, that maybe there's less disappointment from the products being out of stock and someone expecting to purchase. And, you know, things like that are kind of removed from the the experience and removed from the process, which essentially is a really great way of ensuring that the experience from the consumer or the customer is very seamless. It's not disappointing. And it obviously serves a purpose on both ends of the buy-sell relationship. Going from that last discussion, you're describing some really neat innovation, something that's going to drive the, the future of the ad space on your platform. So what can you say on the other side then from the future of the content that we're going to see on Snapchat? Yeah, definitely in terms of content, there's been a, a huge amount of investment really into how we 
curate the content that's on our platform. I think one thing that most responsible marketers are, are worried about is how their brand is placed within a platform. And you know, does that platform work hard to provide a safe place of brand messaging? So really across the board, our guidelines really prohibit Snapchatters and partners from sharing content that deceives or deliberately spreads false information and things like that. But in terms of our discover section on our platform, which is where the content lives, one of the things that we're seeing is that time spent watching shows on our platform has increased by about 50% in, in the third quarter of 2020. So across July and August, September of this year, compared to the, the same time last year. So 50% growth has really encouraged us to, to feel that this is a real natural home for our audience and where, where it comes to content. So you'll see more and more, I guess, premium content producers on our platform. One of the key ones that have come on board recently in the UK for us has been Channel 4, and they're using a Snapchat as a platform to reach a new audience that maybe they're traditional TV channels are not necessarily attracting. All four as a digital offering is certainly bringing a younger audience in. But one thing that we're finding on Snapchat is that we are really assisting in their ability to reach a new audience with a lot of the programming assets that they have. So yeah, so just to, I I guess, round off the the content side of our platform, our businesses are a really key thing. And and obviously, if you ensure that content on the platform is of interest, it's relevant, it's high quality, then that obviously brings a lot of the other things that we've been talking around in terms of audience and advertising partners that want to take advantage of some of the advertising possibilities on the platform as well. So content will remain a big focus for us into the future. listening to future proof for all episodes and more information visit cantar.com or oxfordfutureofmarketing.com please leave us a rating and a review and subscribe within your podcast app so you know when new episodes are released thank you thank you